Okay, everybody, welcome to the Eric Lang Show. I'm a little distracted because I'm on my phone trying to get Ashley Mayo on the phone because she's she's printing stuff. No, that's me. Um, no, she we we recorded a great podcast with her about three weeks ago, and then she announced big news today to the world. So I was just going to call her, and in advance of our great podcast that we did a few weeks ago, we're just going to go over a little bit about her more recent news. Hopefully she answers the phone, but we'll see. I feel like my volume isn't high enough inside my monitors. I feel like a, a DJ. Yeah, here we go. Cranking the volume. You don't notice anything, but I notice a lot. It's so much louder for me. Hey! What up, Ashley? What up, Eric? We're rolling, just so you don't throw out any F-bombs unknowingly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? We're rolling already? We're live? You're, you shouldn't be surprised, knowing me, the, 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 the amount of well that you know me. Okay. All you, right. Can, yeah, you're right. Can you, can you hear me okay? I can't. Okay. Can you hear me okay? I'm try- yeah, I've got like a mic sort of... Th- shoved in the iPhone hole of the iPhone and sometimes it's hard to hear me. A little makeshift yeah. podcast studio actually. So so basically, you know, we you obviously know we, we recorded a great interview uh, a month ago and we were talking all about Golf Digest, but today you posted you know, you you're eleven years, you are I would say probably very well known as one of the most colorful contributors or or um uh what would you say, team members of Golf Digest, and today you announced huge news. I know. I know. It was hard for me. And so I announced today that yesterday was my last day at Golf Digest. For now. You know, who knows what the future holds. Um, but yeah, yesterday I kind of left the World Trade Center, which is the headquarters for Golf Digest and Condé Nast, and I said goodbye. So it was kind of crazy. I saw, I know how much Golf Digest means to you, and I saw the Instagram video of you walking out and saying goodbye to the putting green and, and Jordan Spieth by the door, and I almost cried. Like, I was like, oh my God, I, I, I can only imagine how you must have felt. Yeah, yeah, I've done a lot of crying in the past week. <laughs> <laughs> um, because Golf Digest was like my family. You know, I started a week after graduating college as a 21-year-old. And, and it meant a lot to me, and it will still mean a lot to me going forward and for the rest of my career. Um, but, you know, this other opportunity came about, and uh, it felt too good to be true. You know, it, it, was, it, it was too good to pass up, and I'm still, you know, 32 years old, so why not take a chance and, and try something new? At 32, you've lived so much. You've been all over the world. You are... Uh, you've had the, you know, a top five engagement of golf engagements. Uh, (laughs) you've been in so much and now what's next? Are you allowed to talk about that? I am. I'm allowed to talk about it in so far as I'm moving to a company that's kind of going to oversee a bunch of golf brands. So starting June 4th, that's when I can kind of officially say, hey, this is my first day at this new place. It's, it's a company that hasn't yet been formed, so that's kind of fun. Um, and it's, it's overseeing golf properties like uh, Era and TrueSpec and Golf.com and Golf Magazine and 
uh, the Nicholas properties, and, and so, and Golf Logics. And right now, they need someone to kind of pinpoint what are the weaknesses and the strengths of these different brands, and how can we make those weaknesses stronger. And it's an exciting opportunity for me to kind of break outside, stay in the golf media space, of course, in Golf.com and Golf Magazine, but also break beyond media and think about retail and equipment and all these other, and apps and tech and, and, and resorts and destinations and apparel. And uh, uh, think about how to brand them in a way that gets golfers, talks to golfers and gets golfers excited um, and pushes that uh, conversation that we're all, we all love, you know, we, we love golf. So, um, so that's, that's why I'm excited. Well, I mean, that is that is so exciting. And I feel like, I don't know, if anyone's listening to this, you probably have the same thought I have, which is, um, please call me if you ever need anything. <laughs> it's, it sounds like such a great opportunity. Yeah, I'm really excited to see, uh, you know, what you do with that. You know, I mean, you're, you're so good with sort of, um, I don't know, the way I watch you share kind of your golf. I think it'll be interesting to see how that, um, you know, potentially, uh, I don't know, sort of, sort of just when it goes through a different filter, how will that, how will that be? You know, I'm excited. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'm excited too. Uh, in the meantime, I have a month to just kind of kick back and live a little, play a little golf. <laughs> not you... that I don't play otherwise. Uh, I'm not, I've never avoided playing, uh, but that'll be fun. Are you, when are you coming out to Los Angeles? Can you come today or tomorrow? Right. <laughs> What are you going to do with a month? I'm so, this is going to be fun. Are you just going to chill or are you going to do any travel? Yeah. I mean, you travel so much for work anyway. What do you, what do you think you're going to do? Exactly. Um, you know, the weather just got really nice in New York. It finally feels like summer here. So I see a lot of Bethpage Black in my future. Long Island golf, throwing some Connecticut golf in there. <laughs> um, and I, really, in reality, I'll be thinking about uh, these brands that I'm going to be kind of shaking and already going into it, um, thinking about wh- what I'm going to do on June 4th, my first day and, and beyond. So I, I say that this will be a month of just, you know, the summer of George, it'll be the month of Ashley, <laughs> but, um, but my, my wheels are already turning. So that's so great. I, I feel like, uh, they're lucky to have you. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah no, and, you know, Golf Digest is in such a cool spot right now. They're doing so many cool things, and it was so much fun to be part of that. Um, but, you know, this this opportunity to do things beyond media and still stay in, in media is, you know, was, was the most intriguing part of this uh, transition, and I'm excited. Um, but and, and I had lunch with Michelle Lee earlier in New York. She's in the city, and your name came up. Uh-oh. I hope it wasn't bad. I hope it wasn't bad. I saw she's in Koreatown. She was looking... She had a really great dress on today. I was like, whoa. Oh, yeah. You saw that? Was, yeah. yeah. No, she looks fabulous. She's yeah. Great. It was a Nike sport dress. And I was like, oh, my... Nike Golf needs to make that. Just yes. Just like, throw some shorts under that, and she looked amazing. You know, I played golf so, with uh, Kira. You know Kira, um, Kazantsev, Miss America yeah. from three years ago? I played golf with her the other day, and... Um, she texted me and said, can I wear this? And sort of gave me a description. Like, I don't, it was like, it was a lot of complicated uh, ways of looking at an outfit. 
And uh, I sent it to the head pro and he said, shouldn't be a problem. And then a day later he said, you know what, just to be on the safe side, don't. And then I was like, this is crazy. And then Max, you know, Ashley, you know, Max very well, my girlfriend, we, um, she took her first golf lesson last week. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I, I don't know. I guess it's very exciting. And it was really fun because last night, uh, we were looking online at all of the, uh, female golf options and and I just I thought of you through and through because you do such a good job of representing that and especially in the last couple of days we've recorded a lot of podcasts getting ready for me to leave town and a lot of them have been with yeah. wonderful um, women in golf and the topic keeps coming up about sort of representation and and clothing and and you know it, it, I feel like it's all moving in a positive direction but anyway I, I I do keep thinking of you so hopefully you can move your headquarters to maybe part-time Los Angeles <laughs> I would love that. You'll never leave New York. You are a diehard New Yorker. I am. Yeah, I um, love the city. Especially when spring and summer finally break through and you remember why you live in this city. It's amazing. Yeah, it's just the best. It's like, it's like finally the shackles are free. Um, okay, exactly. so I'm going to uh, play a little bit of music. I was hoping to start right about now. Okay. And then we're going to go back to the, our old, wonderful, tear-jerking podcast about love and golf and how they intersect um and then also actually i don't think hang up because i want to go have an off the record phone call and get all of the real juicy gossip on my patio okay you got it <laughs> all right bye everybody <laughs> enjoy care. enjoy the interview thank you Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. Testing. What do you got? Hey, testing. Hey. Do, should I move the mic closer? As close as you want. Okay. You can get you can get in there. I think I'll just keep it. Can you keep it a little further away? <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, the people voice... don't need to hear me swallow. You know. No. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not really a swallow cast. It's just a pod talk. Yeah, exactly. Um, welcome to the Eric Lang Show. Thank you. Are it, we live? We're live. Wow. I just go. Oh, okay. We're just going. <laughs> Do you want me to edit out that first thing you said? Um, I can. Yeah. I mean, people might, you know, <laughs> but whatever. That's that's on them. That's on them. That's on them. See, I just, to me, I think my favorite part of the podcast is that there's literally, it's it's just a conversation. Yeah. There are great podcasts where they edit them and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. I can't, you know, I don't want to do that. Well, I feel like that's your whole life, right? Everything's it's just edited. a stream of, no, unedited. Oh, your life. My like life. Your, your thoughts on your Instagram posts just, I feel like, are exactly what's going on in your brain and you're just typing it, you know? No, I've never even thought that. That's, that's, uh. Oh, yeah. Go back and read some of your own captions. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, at, this is Ashley, yes. Ashley Mayo. Yeah. And, um, I am really proud to call you a friend. Yay. And I'm, as am I, honored to call you like a great golf writer. And those Thank are the two you. things that I like to interview the most, you know, is is people that I like, you know, 
get along with to say to make it to be blunt, but also people yeah. that are eloquent and love golf. Thank you. You can find Ashley <laughs> on uh, we we well, you can find our names Instagram or obviously Golf Digest where you've spent the last eleven years. Eleven. Well, I was coming say in on like eleven and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, well, I guess we met only no, less than a year ago. Labor Day weekend. Was it Labor Day weekend in the Hamptons? Is Labor? <laughs> you make it sound so glamorous. Yes. <laughs> it was just a bagel joint. It was. It yeah. was a great one though. <laughs> it was really good. We had great bagels. Yes. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah, what even happened? We I was out there randomly. Labor Day is in August, right? September. September. Well, first weekend in September, so close. I always confuse Labor Day and Memorial Day. Yeah. Like yeah. Cons- always. Okay, Memorial Day is May. Got it. May oh, kicks Memorial off the Day. summer. Got exactly. It. Exactly. It. There you go. You, uh, we, we were. I had known about you for years. Yeah. Same. Did you know that? No, you did not know about me. Well, I think I met you for the first time in L.A. That's at accurate. the Genesis or the Northern Trust at the time. Right. And just quickly said hello. And you were like, oh, my parents live in New York. Next time I'm there, you know, I'll right. shoot you a note. Yes. Yeah. But that was like two two years before Labor Day. It's amazing how the time kind of, especially and in the golf industry, which you know so well, how you're, you're, it, it is a traveling circus. And it is. You just see people in city after city and, and almost the cities and the dates just sort of melt away. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But that's one of my favorite things about the Masters is everyone's here. Right. And it's a great chance to you know, catch up and talk and walk around and hang by the tree. <laughs> the tree is incredible. So the did, tree. So I don't know when we're going to air this, but for those of you that heard her talk about the Masters, we are currently at the Masters. At Augusta National. At Augusta National. In yeah. a, in, well, we did a podcast here for Golf Digest yes. uh, a couple of days ago. And, yeah. you know, we're basically in a concealed secret bunker. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Deep I, under the driving There's range. no cell phone reception in here. There isn't. But I like that. No one can hear a call for help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear our voices. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to lower my mic. Uh, so I guess I guess you've experienced a lot, you know, and I I, uh, I don't know. Jeez. I, I try not to come into, you know, a discussion like this without too much planned or thought about. But mm-hmm. um, I guess one of the things is, you know, I really admire how you view golf. And I, I feel the same way. I think I think we I think we kind of share that, and that's probably what makes us friends. But what what is it about it for you that um, you know you played competitively, which I have no experience in. Mm-hmm. When I can when I play competitively, I actually am not playing. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I it's get, a different sport. I get crazy. Yeah. What's your experience? You've seen both sides, and you've seen the media side. You you probably have more experience than a lot of people in the media center upstairs, right? Having all yeah. sides of this. Yeah, I don't. Well, as far as your typical golf writer who covers every tournament, they're the ones who are really in the media center. They know that in and out. They know that they're part of that kind of traveling circus, as you say. You know, not circus in a bad way, but that crew that just travels from stop to stop. You know, people think, oh, those PGA Tour players. I don't know how they do it. They're always traveling. They're away from their families. Um, but think about the golf writers. They're making a lot less money, <laughs> generally. And they're couple, also... A couple zeros. Yeah, yeah. Maybe three. Maybe. <laughs> Um, And they're also away from their families and traveling every week and staying, you know, at the cheapest place, driving the cheapest car, you know, just especially in today's climate. So they're they're a fascinating bunch. Um, And I'm not part of that because I well, I go to maybe seven events all year. Okay. Um, I'm lucky that I, you know, the Masters is generally one of them. U.S. Open is generally one of them. Um, I was at the Genesis earlier this year, um, probably players, but. 
really not much beyond that. And I'm I'm kind of grateful for that because, mm. yeah, that weekly grind, I think that would just knock me down. Um, and honestly, the part that I love about golf more than anything is totally not PGA Tour related um, or the professional game or the competitive side of golf. Um, the part that I love is traveling and where it brings me and the people that that I get to spend time with. You know, um, I think golf is just such a great way to connect with people and to connect with places. So that that's the part that I love about golf. And fortunately, I spend more of my time thinking about that side of golf than what what's happening inside the ropes. So I think that's I, I think actually you may that that's you may have carved that out of my brain with an ice cream scoop because that's exactly the way I feel. <laughs> no, really. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's I think a lot of times people think golf, um, especially in the media space, and they think that the only reporting or the only writing that matters is those game day stories or right. what's what just happened or that that Phil analysis of his round, you know, of his shirt. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, actually, no. You more are the shirt. Yeah. You, like, wouldn't you say like like what are the stories that you, I mean I know, but for the people at home, what do you what what are the golf stories that you work on for a living that you care about the most? Like, you know, maybe what what is your favorite thing you've written? Maybe I don't even know the answer to this. Oh, gosh. I think it's got to be – so I went to Cuba. My mom is Cuban, and um, she was born and raised there, came to the States as a 12-year-old girl, no siblings, no parents. What? Was, Wait, yeah. how do you do that? Well, she was one of the Peter Pants. So when the revolution happened in Cuba, parents were very worried that they would lose their parental rights. And so they there was this um, a priest in the States that organized this underground kind of exodus of – children from Cuba to the U.S. And so my um, grandmother on my mom's side sent my mom. And she was like, you know, I'll meet you in the States later, but you got to get out of here. Wait, did they ever meet? No. Well, yes, eventually, 10 years down the road. So my mom came as a 12-year-old and was uh, raised by foster families um, until she was 18. So hard. 12. 12, yeah. Um, and then she went to college classes at night and, you know, just did it all on her own. And her mom eventually came, but went like 10 years later. So so I went to Cuba and I've always had this fascination with Cuba and finally went in 2015. There's one 18-hole golf course in Cuba. Obviously, we played it. <laughs> and by we, I mean my mom walked. <laughs> she doesn't play golf. My sister, I have a twin sister and we're the only two in our families who play. Um, so, so she, so, so I, we, I played it and I was like, oh my gosh, I went to Cuba thinking that it was going to be totally about me and my mom. And we stayed with family. They, they live right outside of Havana and ended up playing this course. And I was like, ah, I've got to write about this. So wait, you weren't even thinking of that. No, you were just experiencing your own life. Yeah. And then you documented it Yeah, for the world. Yeah. Because I was like, this is too good. You know, the fact that there's one 18-hole golf course in Cuba and then one nine-hole golf course. Right. And that nine-hole course is in Havana. But the 18-hole course is in Veradero, which is like the resorty destination for Europeans and Canadians. Right. So that makes sense. Right. It was actually a, a really nice golf course right on the water. Um, and and I got to say that article that I wrote for Digest um, might be my favorite. <laughs> I did read that one. Did you? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it was my favorite because it came from the heart, you know, and yeah. it totally happened naturally, which is what I assume you do a lot of times um, with adventures in golf, right? It's like at least maybe in the first season where you just kind of happen upon things and yeah. it just happens. So. Yeah, it is. It is like that. Yeah. So that was my favorite thing. 
I have to, I'm I am struggling because I'm just you know, I'm really grateful that you brought me here. Uh to the masters. Yeah. Well, and, yes, you're welcome, but I got to say it's golf digest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to take credit for that. I was only the one who suggested you and um, and because I appreciate your voice and your take on things. And I think you're a growing voice in the golf industry. And I want Golf Digest to align with that, you know. Yeah. And, and the fact that we were so open. Everyone at Digest just opens – has welcomed you with open arms and the, the golf industry. I love that. And I think that that maybe wouldn't have been the case 15 years ago. Maybe even 15 days ago. Maybe <laughs> no, even. I mean – well, you know, my whole journey has been a lot about like feeling included, yeah, in my own life. But then also, golf is quite a niche. I've yeah. talked about this a lot, but I, don't I know. think um, even today, the golf industry struggles a little bit. Some voices within the golf industry struggle with accepting different points of view, mm. um, and I've seen that uh, throughout my eleven years. And sometimes it's gotten me thinking: Do I belong? Or mm. is... now that's crazy to me because you. 100% belong. Oh, well, thank you. That's crazy to me to hear, <laughs> hear you say that. Yeah, you know, well, I think if People you... People probably feel that way about me when I say it. Right. But I feel that way about you when you yeah, say it. Yeah, but you know me well enough to know, like, why I say that, right? And yeah. it's just... Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think I'll ever uh, believe that, you know, only... Well, and I hope that I never believe that only my opinion matters. And I think that that's what a lot of people suffer from, mm. is they believe only their opinion matters and only what they write about matters. So all this other stuff that might not align with their opinion or what they write doesn't matter, which to me is ridiculous. Like there's this... Every industry has an ecosystem. Even the world is built on an ecosystem. And all the parts of that ecosystem fit and need to be there, you know, for the other things to survive. So I kind of feel the same way, or I very much feel the same way about the golf industry. It's an ecosystem where, you know, Paige Spranick's voice very much matters. And, you know, Golf Digest's voice very much matters. Golfer's Journal voice very much matters. I'm so glad they exist. Um, and all these, you know, the Barstool guys with their yeah. foreplay, you know, it's just all these voices very much matter. And all of them bring a different audience to the golf industry and, and the sport, which ultimately is what I think is a beautiful thing. You know, if you're, you're bringing different people to the sport in very different ways. So why is that a bad thing? You know, that's incredible. Yeah. I, it's like, no, that really I've never thought of it that way. I mean, in a sense, for each person that views golf, there needs to be a person whom they can discourse with it about it who is given access to really experience it. Like, uh, that's the job of the media. Yeah. How do you see that, actually? Let's zoom out a minute. Like, if you were to zoom out as an alien and talk about <laughs> media as a whole. Yeah. Like, what, what is media? You know what I mean? Like, what, yeah. maybe not even about, like, now and then or the future or content or influencer or things like that, but, like, just generally. Like, what, what do you understand media to be, the, the sole purpose of your job? Yeah. I think it's storytelling um, and, and what form that takes – I think there are more forms today than there were even five years ago. Um, and and we're seeing people celebrate that, you know, like ASME, which is the American Society of Magazine Editors. It's the holy grail for magazine you know, editing. And they, they offer classes and workshops and mostly, most importantly, awards, the ASME Awards. And some magazines just live for getting an ASME Award. You know, when Golf Digest was nominated for the general excellence category a few years ago, that was huge for us. Whoa. Yeah. There's like only five magazines in the entire landscape of magazines 
that get nominated, and we were one of them. So that really kind of validates a lot of magazines. Well, this year, they had a social media award for the first time. First time. And so I think that, you know, as entities like that start valuing uh, differing forms of storytelling and social media being kind of the newbie on the block, um, which is not really a newbie, but in terms of being recognized as like a valid source of storytelling and journalism, um, I think that's very exciting because – you know, you and I were at the, a golf writer's dinner uh, a few nights ago, and they're still just awarding uh, the, a written piece. Mm. Uh, and I think soon they're also going to start realizing that video is a great source of storytelling. Why not hand out video awards or s- social media um, and photography? And so, um, yeah, I think that right now the current media landscape um, – our job is just to tell stories. Now, what form that takes um, is totally up to us as well. And each form has a great power, you know. Right. So, so yeah, storytelling. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love that. the uh, The idea that uh, the idea that social media is in and of itself, you know, this my phone's itching. It's vibrating in my back pocket. Oh, I thought we weren't going to – I don't have service in here. And I was kind of glad about that, you know. Probably <laughs> it's like, okay, okay, airplane mode. There you go. Um, the, uh, the idea that um, uh, social media, um, you know, getting a seat at the table, mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of exciting, you know. Oh, yeah. And I think um, – I don't, I don't know. I mean I just – I think the hard part about social media is that uh, – it's like, it's like everyone has the same uh, birth, you know, like B E R T H. Like they have the same size. Like it's all going to be your Instagram or whatever it is, or your Twitter. It's all going to sit on your phone or whatever. I mean, even though you read an article on your phone or you watch a show, yeah. on your phone, but like it's like everyone gets their entry fee with their handle, mm-hmm. and then I don't know. I've had a I've had a pretty incredible epiphany on this trip. Yeah. Thanks to Golf Digest. Oh, wow. I'll stop thanking you. I'm just going to thank Golf Digest now. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but no, really, I've, I've had a pretty significant epiphany about how storytelling can exist in the m- smallest of venues. You don't need, uh, you know, you're, you, you don't need, quote, distribution. You don't need all this other stuff. You can just tell a story, in, in some sense, to one person. Yeah. You know, as long as there's someone out there listening. I mean, um, like, for example, to this podcast, my parents. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Hi. I met them. Yeah, hi, you Mom. were at my birthday hi, dinner. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. so pleased. That was such that was a great, great. night. <laughs> they're, uh, they're an inspiration. You know, why do you fact, say that? Well, the fact that your mom went back to medical school. She went to medical school, what, in her 60s? 50s? Yeah, she was 50, yeah. 50. Yeah. Okay. She was 50 years old and she goes to medical school. Yeah. That's amazing. It I really was. Yeah. I Never was too unfortunately late. too young to be wise about it and understand how big of a deal it was or even really be able to empathize with how she would feel. And I took that experience rather personally. Oh. Um, and uh, I remember that one of the biggest memories about it is that she graduated from Yale Medical School. Wow. Yeah. And um, after living in Connecticut for years, yeah. moving away from me and my father uh, in New Jersey, two hour drive, but still. Yeah. And um, during the graduation, you know, we were all up there, my brother and sister, wearing suits and ties and dresses. And You wore a suit and tie? <laughs> <laughs> She's making that joke because of the golf writer's dinner. One of the things did not belong there. 
<laughs> but was... I think you look great. <laughs> Thank you, Ashley. Well, women have such flexibility with fashion. I don't know why men don't. Yeah. No, it's true. You know? Although, yeah, you you could say that maybe women are also, I don't yeah, know. It's it, true. Yeah, to each his own. But, I, um, but you know, so anyway, my mom is graduating on this one day. And this is just a funny moment because you know me now. And would you say I'm an introvert or an extrovert? Extrovert. Well, you're... I think you would be an introvert in an extrovert's world, Whoa. extroverted world. Like, it's like a you pretend mixture. to be an extrovert. You think so? But I think naturally, <laughs> naturally, you might be an introvert. This is really interesting. I've never heard that. I can see in your eyes. It's, I have a bit of like, uh, yeah, I think you know me pretty well. Um, well, to prove your point, the TV crew came around to yeah. interview my mother. For being the oldest woman to ever graduate from Yale with a doctorate. Amazing. Old ever. Oldest wow. ever. Just smiling from ear to ear. And they only wanted to interview the family. And I literally ran. Ran away. Ran away. In a suit. Uh, 15, 14. Yeah. Ran away. Wow. And now, now I'm like running to get the camera to film some stupid bit in yeah. a weird country where I'm like, so here we have. <laughs> <laughs> so here we have an old relic. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. A, whatever. And. That's funny. Well, that's funny because um, my, so I have a twin sister uh-huh. and we're identical and we were have always been best friends. Uh, there are a lot of great positives to that, but also a few negatives. Interesting. And we grew up very shy because we had each other. So there was no need for us to ever go beyond each other, you know, for, you know, so, someone to talk to or someone to befriend. You know, we had each other. So why... Why even talk to anyone else? Right, right. <laughs> so we were painfully shy, like painfully. That seems surprising to me. Well, um, that's why I, I connected with you. But my mom then recognized that, and she was like, oh, that's terrible. You know, whenever anyone would say hello, we would cry. Like it was, <laughs> yeah, especially men. And so she sent us to this sleepaway acting camp for nine days. No way. Yep. And we, we were six years old. And th- we spent the first eight days in the nurse's office just throwing up. We were so nervous, <laughs> so nervous. And on the ninth day, we were supposed to recite a monologue to, like, these coaches, acting coaches. It was a legit acting camp. And so I got up on stage begrudgingly and just watched a tape of myself doing this, like, last year. And I cried watching myself doing it oh. because I just stood on stage and twirled my hair and recited the monologue with no feeling. I just remembered it. And, you know, that's, I just got it done. Yeah. My sister, they didn't even, they couldn't drag her out on stage. They could not. So that's how shy she was. But we eventually, you know, went back to that acting camp the next year. And we got over, like, the painfully shy part. But even <laughs> now, I am an introvert to the max. And I have to force myself to kind of be like, hi, I'm Ashley, you know, nice to meet you. Right. <laughs> None of that stuff comes naturally to I, me. I can attest to this because while here on this trip, last night we were at a party. And yes. We, we, we watched a, a, a being pass by us who is probably known as, we, could, we don't even need to name him. We could just say he's Mr. Masters. He, hello. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. <laughs> Welcome. It was the man himself. To a, to a podcast, on, to a tradition Unlike any other. Yes. And um, I'm kind of like, uh, I think maybe that's one of the only ways we're different is that I would just be like, I, I don't, I have to talk to this person. Yeah. And I, and I will, I'm very shy about it as well. And maybe it don't seem that way. Yeah. But I'm super nervous. But I'm just like, I, I know that if I don't do it, I'll feel sad. 
Right. And if I do do it, probably they will, just like me, also feel good. Yeah, when people come up to me and say, are you Ashley Mayo? I love following you on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. I love that. Yeah. I love it. And we talk, and I and I absolutely love that. See, now so, you're not going to say what happened. I'll, I'll say it. <laughs> so we go up to Mr. Masters, oh, and I was like, look, I... You know, I took whatever. a photo. I, I was like, I need a photo with you because yes. I'm just like a freak. And today's a very special day for many reasons. Yeah. And uh, and we talked for about eight seconds. And then uh, I think he looked over at you. And I mean, I'm going to take creative license. But he looked over at you and said, are you Ashley Mayo? He said that. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> he looks at me and goes, and I was about to introduce myself <laughs> and just say a big fan, you know. And he looks at me and goes, are you Ashley Mayo? Right. This is Jim Nance. If you haven't put the fucking dots together yet. That's amazing. I was floored and I was glad that you were my witness because no one would ever have believed me. Yeah. (laughs) Can we just Um, just talk about this for one second? Yeah. Jim Nance, uh, underrated as sexiest man alive. Totally. Well, it's the voice, don't you think? It's the voice. Yeah. And his presence. He's very tall. Incredible presence. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like if him and Tiger were in a room, I think the the foundation would actually crack. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were actually. They I'd were. like to watch all these. The Butler cabin oh, yeah. must have like they an have incredible been many foundation. Times. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's built of concrete. It looks like it's wooden, but it's actually concrete. Yeah. It's actually a White House status. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Okay. So, but you have a very special story that I would really like to talk to you about because I think I've heard you say it, but you know, I think. For, for all the people listening, um, if you love golf or if you love, um, you know, incredibly poignant and deep experiences in life, oh, I think you have maybe <laughs> one of the pinnacles of both. Oh, wow. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know what you're yes, talking you about. Yes, you do. No. 16th hole. At- oh, Yes. It's yes. Just, it's it's a story that I'm actually I, I'm running on not enough sleep, so things are making me cry that are yeah. like not yeah. like I cried when I put the coffee in my cream. Oh, I did the, the cream, other way around. Yeah. Although do you take a lot of cream in your coffee? I then do. maybe that is correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Add some coffee to your creamer. Just as a side note, yeah. you, do you know that you have a great voice for radio? I do. You have an incredible voice. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we've got headphones in and yeah. I listen to a lot of mediocre and some sub mediocre voices. You're up there. Okay. Yeah. There so. we go. I have a face for radio and the, a voice for radio. The, the, the Mayo <laughs> podcast is TBD. <laughs> so you got you had a special experience at Bandon Dunes. Yes. Well, Bandon Dunes. The first time I went there was 2013, and I've been going once a year since then. I might go twice this year, so I'm very excited. Um, but Bandon Dunes is a special place I for me. When you said twice, I immediately had FOMO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I get immediate FOMO. We'll keep you posted. <laughs> Um, yeah, Bandon is, is awesome. Um, I think it, it stands for a lot of the things that I stand for in, in the golf experience. If you don't know what Bandon Dunes is, it's uh, a s- selection of courses in uh, southwestern Oregon on the yes. coast. And it's basically Ireland and America or Scotland and America. Yes. Yeah. Except all four courses plus a par three course plus this huge putting course, the punch bowl, they're all right there. So you just drop off your car and you're in heaven for as many days as you want to be. And then you re-enter the real world. Again, I just got FOMO again because yes. we're, we're not there. Unfortunately, yeah. we're at Augusta. I know. Well, oh, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of like closed heaven. You mm. know, only a few, a lucky few can can come enter the gates of this heaven. Yeah. Whereas Bandon is more of an accessible heaven. Yeah. Um, so Jeff, my now fiancé, 
uh, always knew that great Brandon, guy. Jeff was at great birthday guy. dinner. He uh, he may be one of the funniest people on the planet. Yes, Jim Nance might be funnier only because he's just Jim. Because uh, yeah, because. <laughs> He's, I feel like Jeff could be Jim Nance, though. But Jeff, Jeff could Nance? totally – he has a great voice. He really does. He has a great voice, and I'm not biased. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. <laughs> uh, he was actually supposed to come with me in 2013 because Jeff and I were best friends for six years. This is such a great story. Before we started dating. The story even before the story is great. Yes. Yeah. So I was a, a hot list judge for Golf Digest. The hot list is our annual review of equipment. Mm. And he was one of the testers, the club testers. Lucky SOB. Yes. Already. Yeah. For three days, all he did was test all the new clubs for the next season. Does he get to keep them? No. No. It's not as glamorous no as you would think. No. Um, no. 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 Straight up. <laughs> <laughs> that would be conflict of interest. And oh. the hot list really is. I have many conflicts of interest. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just, that's my new t-shirt. <laughs> all the conflicts of interest. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. The hot list is a lot less glamorous testing than people think. Really? Because you have to hit like a thousand balls a day. What? Blisters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't treat them that well. But it actually sounds kind of hard. <laughs> I know. It what is do hard. they get? They get the privilege and the honor of being a Golf Digest hot list tester. <laughs> Whoa. Jeff just moved up like eight notches in my respect oh, yeah. category. Those guys are hardcore. He is hardcore. They're hardcore. Great swing. Great swing. Yeah. And so he and I met there. It was in Mesquite, Nevada in 2009. Um, we both lived in New York, so we were like, why don't we play golf? Why don't we tee it up? And so we started teeing it up together and then going out to drinks, and, and then we became literally our, each other's best friend. Wow. Best friend. Without any but Harry Met Sally acknowledgement? None. Never. For six years. Because he had met someone when, I, when we met. Right. And so that's totally – even if someone goes on one date with someone, like that guy is off limits in my book. Yeah. That's totally you're a limits. stand-up gal. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's the Cuban I, morals. Yeah, in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I did that with the golf industry too. Anyone in the golf industry? Nope. So, right. so anyway, um, lo and behold, fast forward. He well, he was supposed to come with me in 2013 to my first Bandon trip because I asked three friends to come with me. Like I really wanted to go to Bandon Dunes. Who else then, was going to come? Uh, two other guy, two okay. other guy friends. Okay. Yeah, one from the industry and one just you know a friend. Cool. Yeah, so that was it was going to be the three of us. Right. But he tore his um, Achilles. Oh. Yeah. Like two weeks before Bandit. Icarus. So out. Yeah. I know. It was such a bummer. But ever since then, he had always wanted to go himself. And he knew how much I loved the 16th hole at sunset at Bandit Dunes. I, I, to this day, think that green, standing on that green while the sun sets, is the best part of the best place in golf. Like it really it's the greatest spot that. in golf. Yeah. But don't jump. You, I need to hear – before we get to the story, I need to hear about how you started dating or, or something. Oh, I mean, if yeah. you want. You don't have to. But sure. Sure. I just, I'm just thrilled with um, – I don't know. I just – I love stories. Like, like when you want to go on um, Southwest Airlines, you know, like yeah. on the website, they have stories about people who met on planes. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't just, know that. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Because it's like a heart, you know, the, yeah. the logo. So, yeah. Uh, it was July 2015 when Jeff and I – just we're grabbing drinks like we always did. And lo and behold, randomly, I thought he said, hey, Ashley, you know, I'm in love with you. What? Wait, I don't remember. That's what he said? Yes. Just out of the blue? Yes. What? Yeah. Wait, can we need to get Je- – I need to go call Jeff right now. 
I didn't realize that he straight up said that. Yeah. So no. he must have been thinking about that for a while before you actually saw each other that night. Yeah, apparently. Because yeah. I know what it's like to be a guy. Yeah. And you don't just blurt shit out. You like don't that. just do that. No. Not with someone you really care about. Right. Yeah. No. And I, I always knew that there was a connection between us, but just kind of always thought that it was a friend. You know, that we were just really close as friends. You never considered it. It never crossed my mind, only because he was taken. Right. You know. Oh, and did, were you aware that he was not taken at some point? Yes. Yeah. But still, you were just like, eh, whatever, it's good. Well, you know, his um, his girlfriend, fiance, he, he his significant other. <laughs> <laughs> not, maybe Jim Nance, but we don't know. <laughs> I would go for Jim She's Nance. She's very opposite of me. If Jim Nance was like a butler cabin for 3 a.m. I think he would go for Jim Nance. <laughs> <laughs> he would dump me for Jim Nance. If you wouldn't go for Jim Nance, you don't like golf. <laughs> That's just the facts. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and so, so she was very opposite for me. Like very. Right. Um, and so I thought that that was his type. Oh, I yeah. see. Right. So I kind of wrote that off. Right. Like, Like I really love him as a friend and he would never be into me. So like that's why it never crossed my mind. Yeah. Weird. And so he said that and I was like. Jeff, you have no idea what you're talking about. Wait, wait. Are you at a bar? Yeah. Is it loud? Yeah. What time? And is we're it? drinking. So what I was like, "You were drunk." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god. Wait, and by the way, for those of you who don't know Jeff, right? Yeah. He is a master of facial expressions. Oh yeah. Like he can be. He can do Jim Carrey better than Jim Carrey can. Totally. Jim Carrey's his hero, by the way. <laughs> so he'll love to hear you say that. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff, literally, for him to turn to you and be like, "I'm in love with you," yeah. like. I could just imagine it being like, yeah, just so. I guess what was it? What well, was that like? I I would say Jeff can be very funny and have all the facial expressions when the time is right. right. But in those moments, like he was, there was nothing funny about it. It was a deep. It serious. was yeah, like he had just his Jeff face on. Wow. <laughs> and I, I was just like, my initial reaction was like, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like let's, we were gonna play golf the next day. I was like, let's just you know wrap up this drink. Where were you gonna play? Just in the Bronx. Okay. Yeah, the course Soul of Rose. Whatever. Uh, no, that was Fairy Point. Okay. Um, okay. We also split Split Rock. We, oh, split we do rock, play right, there sometimes. I like that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Split Rock's cool. That's good. It's one. better than Van Cortland. Vanny's a bit tough. Vanny is just they they stack golfers like it's every yeah. six minutes. Isn't the second <laughs> hole like a nine thousand yard par five? The it's like second, 600 yards. The second hole is a par four, I thought. What's the six? There's a 605-yard hole. There is. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. guys, we're in the fucking Bronx. Relax. I know. Yeah. The the greens are running at like five. <laughs> like, let's not make this difficult. It's so. the, isn't it the first public? Yeah, it is. In America. Yeah, it is. First and actually, course. the clubhouse there yeah. is really cool because it holds a lot of history. There are some lockers that have history. And it's it's a cool spot. Have you ever done any events there? No. Oh, we no. should just have a party there. We should. That'd be so great. Yeah. Brown bag it. And you can get there from the one train. Yeah. Like it's literally the one train spits you out right there. I used so. to. Okay. But anyway, back to the lecture at hand. Okay. Yes. And so for the next five months after that, we played golf the next day. Wait. So but how did it end? Like, how did you... it end? I told him that he was crazy <laughs> and that, you know, his ex, you know, just was up here. Right. And I'm just normal. Like you would never like me. I would. You would. You would be so disappointed. I told him. Like, Aww. like this is not. But thank you. Just happily, you were wrong. <laughs> you were very wrong. I was so wrong. Yeah. I was so wrong. Yeah. And so we ended up playing golf the next day. And he brought it up after a round. He was like, "Hi, I'm sober." And I still think this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for the next five months, I gave the poor man the stiff arm. I was just like, literally, no. you Heisman do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And finally came around to my senses. 
I don't know. I mean, guys, five months? Five months. Long time. Long time. He's a very patient man. Guys, I couldn't do, I mean, five months. I mean. Oh, he's a very patient man. That's incredible. Yes. Five months. Yes. That's like a percentage of your life at that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Half a year. Totally. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, ultimately everything happens for a reason, right? And I think that that was necessary. Looking back on it now, you know, I'm glad we didn't jump right into it. No. Yeah. So um, I finally came around to my senses. I was like, why am I pushing away this amazing guy? Amazing. I had gone on some mediocre dates. And <laughs> that helps put things in perspective. Yeah. I was just like, I, I, all Jeff makes me do is laugh and makes me appreciate being with him. And so why wouldn't I want to spend my life with that kind of person? So, so he fast forward to November. No, December 12 is when I had a Christmas party and I brought him as a friend. And after the Christmas party, two bars after the Christmas party <laughs> is when I was like, okay, let's do this. And so, you know, oh, the we connected for the first time. <laughs> Christmas is like the best Valentine's. I know. I know. It really is. Yeah. But he dropped me off at home, said goodnight, and then brunch the next day, December 13, was our official first date. <laughs> Aww, at brunch. Where'd you go? We went um, in the West Village, this okay. place that has like a really cool rooftop and brunch. I think we met at like one and ended up hanging out until 11. Until so. today. Until today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we played now. We've traveled. Oh, my God. So many places to yeah, play golf and just to travel. Yeah. South Africa, New Zealand, um, it, just so many places. Canada. It, it's It's been really cool because I, I love living with him now and being engaged to him and, and playing golf with him and you know it's just it it's it's fantastic but we've glossed over the story story the engagement story yes oh i mean gosh. I, so the way i think about yeah. it is you know um uh i don't know i mean i think i, I don't know how men and women look at engagement differently or proposing the yeah. proposal yeah great film by the way but um, yes sandra bullock i mean just yes. such a le- ryan reynolds it's fantastic jeff and i both love ryan reynolds both, both. very much yeah almost too much but just a little too that's much. fine i mean if ryan was here right now I can't say what would go down. But oh, Ryan and Jim Nance? Ryan that and Jim That would be Nance. too much. And Tiger? <laughs> Talk about a foursome. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, JK. Just JK. JK Rowling. <laughs> LOL. Um, so, no, but um, what are we talking about? The proposal. Yes. It's, it's this, it's this, it's this, I, I look at life in a lot of ways as kind of, um, well, actually, as I was setting up for the podcast, I was like, my life is just a series of untangling cords. Yeah. With some experiences in between. Yes. That's all it is. But yeah. but moments like a proposal or moments like um, I would imagine a birth of a child or um, sometimes they're unexpected and they don't really come when, when you think they might. You right. Know, quote, bucket list. Right. The, those are kind of the moments that um, I, I really try to, uh, I guess, maybe sentimentalize, maybe in a bad way. I don't know what sentimentalize really means. Yeah. But I think it's like pay attention to and really like. Try to try to string my li- tether my life to, mm-hmm. with the hopes that more of them will, um, you know, pass my way. Yeah. Uh, whatever they might be. I mean. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so you have a great one that you're about to tell us. Yeah. No, I had. So I set up a abandoned trip just like I do every year. You know, with myself and three close friends. That's how it's been going down. And because I like one foursome, you know, then you get to experience everything together and everything's contained. And I also then feel like I'm not asking too much of Bandon and, you know, not getting in anyone's way. This is also just me being like ridiculous in a bad way. But 
So I set up a trip for Jeff, my sister, who had never been to Bannon, because she's a doctor. And so for forever, she never had control of her own schedule because she was a fellow and a resident and whatever. But last year for the first time was when she became her own boss and she has her own practice that she was like, yeah, include me in any and all of your trips because, <laughs> yeah, so it was Congratulations, fantastic. Congratulations, Kira. I didn't yeah. know that. That's great. Yeah. It's really cool. She worked so hard. Um, and so I brought her to Bandon and, and then her husband. So that was the foursome. Me, my boyfriend, Kira, and her husband. It's like, how, how could you go wrong, you yeah. know? And so I set that up in March and then without my knowing – Jeff reaches out to uh, my contact at Bandon, and he goes, here's the deal. <laughs> uh, who's, is that um, uh, Chepka? Yes. Love Chepka. Love him. He's the best. I and he's so US good at lying. He's a great liar. <laughs> he's a great liar. Chepka, you're out. <laughs> you're, you're, we gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the U.S. Open on his couch. And oh, amazing. And his big ass dog yeah. the shit out of my face after I fell asleep. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Kepka won yeah. at Chepka's house. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, he's expecting his first child. Chupka. Yeah. Lied to me again. In a couple weeks. I'm going to text him right yeah. now. Well, he's too too much of a cool customer, right? He really is. So, he uh, has the, as a side note, he has a few, uh, one pair of the coveted Adidas Ultra Boost golf shoes in pimento. Oh. Very rare. In fact, Ooh. he says that when he wears them to golf events, people get mad at him yeah. for actually wearing them because they're so <laughs> valuable and rare. And they're so white. Yeah. But Chupka yeah. does the guy, he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care. I, sorry for saying fuck. It's okay. Do you care? No. You don't curse, do you? I I do. You curse at people. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Um, Moving on. So so he gets in touch with Chepka and is like, I want to, Ashley's favorite spot in all of golf is the 16th green at sunset at Bandon Dunes. So I want to propose to her there. Oh my God. She has no idea. And so Chepka was thrilled and he emailed me about six weeks out of the trip and was like, hey, I um, hope you don't mind us tagging along uh, on the back nine at Bandon because we're, we're shooting some photos for some social ads and some creative for 2018. So if you, you know, do you mind us, you know, just taking photos? Oh, and you're thinking it's like a work thing. For work. Yeah. Oh, my God. He bamboozled like, the shit out of oh, you. Oh, totally. And, oh, he attached creative to the email like from last year. So uh- for examples... Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. He made it seem so real. He's such a and teddy bear. I know. I know. Aww. And so I thought that that's what they were doing. And I was like, of course I don't mind. Yeah. Follow us all four rounds. Like yeah. we are, I am grateful to you and to Bandon. Do use us and abuse us. Right, right. <laughs> and so they did. And so we were, uh, we teed up at Bandon. That was our second round of the day. We played Old Mac earlier that morning. And we get to 16 and, um, I just thought weather, that they were weather. Oh, it was bad. bad. It was really windy and cold. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Fingers, it was not great. Fingers sting. I yes, yeah. Really? It was not great. You're playing okay. Playing okay. Yeah, oh you, yeah. You don't we get were... obsessed with score. No. You just need a couple of good shots. No. But sweet I, contact. What do you what look for? I, what I need is good conversation and like a beautiful view. <laughs> <laughs> and we just almost have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, really good conversation. It's yeah. just really about who I'm with. Do you try to uh, like, like, um, uh, like uh, when you say good conversation? You know, so- sometimes I struggle with that. Like, and I'm like, uh, so, I'll, so. Do you ever like try to? What's the word I'm looking for? Instigate. No, do you do that in any way? You know, even good. I feel like good conversation could be silent too. Whoa. You know where? What I mean by good conversation is just a. 
a good time being with someone. Right. And sometimes words aren't part of that. You know, it's just we're together here in this place and you're about to hit your golf shot over there. I'm over here and it's still fantastic. Yeah. But there's no, you know, we're not talking like about anything intellectual or, you right. know, whatever. But that's still good, good conversation in my book. Right. In a way, a good golf conversation is merely, you're right, it probably is very visual. Watching someone hit a shot. Yeah, totally. Watching watching them watch you hit a shot. Yeah. And yeah. just sort of the in, space between green to tea. Enjoying the interactive art. I feel like golf courses are interactive art. Whoa. Especially a place like Bandon. Yeah. Or a place like this, Augusta National. Yeah. Like when we go out there and experiencing it, experience it, it's it's art, you yeah. know, in the grandest. Like I like going to museums, but it's not interactive enough for me. You're right. I feel like this golf courses are like museums on crack where it's like, <laughs> you know, where you can actually touch it and interact with it and, and have experiences with it, you know, instead That's of just incredible. look at it. You're totally right. Yeah. I mean, a golf course asks something of you in a very direct way. Yeah. Whereas a painting, you could maybe miss a lot without, like, the audio commentary or a guide or right. even the context. Whereas golf, you don't even really need the context. No. You can go to Bandon and get as much out of it without knowing it was David McClay Kidd. Oh, totally. You can go to La Hinch and not even know that it's 100 years older. Yeah. But if you do know about those things. That's the eggnog. The becomes eggnog? Even, yeah. The egg, what is it? <laughs> eggnog is tasty. <laughs> it's not the eggnog. <laughs> Easter egg. Yes. <laughs> Easter eggs. Yeah. That's, the re- that's when it becomes real meaningful, yeah. you know? And that's why I started reading about, you know, architecture and all these things and the history of golf. Yeah. You weren't into that originally? No, when I was a competitive golfer, not at all. Interesting. All I cared about was getting my golf ball in the hole as quickly as possible. Whoa, you are a full-on, like, success story. Because those people typically quit golf. Right? Yeah. I it becomes so frustrating. I'm yeah. sad for people who play an entire round of golf frustrated oh. and just, like, mad that they can't stop hitting fades. You know? It's like, big deal. Tiger hits a fade. Yeah. Play the fade <laughs> and enjoy this, you know, piece of land that you're on. Yeah, it's very strange. So. They're, they're hard to be with. And, and I really like your um, uh, understanding that they actually probably deserve more compassion than uh, yeah. exclusion. But yes. it's hard. Yeah, it is hard. It's hard. So so then uh, we were, we're on 16 and Chepka and his team. I want to hear everything. Yeah, hit, we, we all hit our drives. Do you remember where you went? Well, I, I like to try to drive that green. Yeah, and, and you, most hit a, times, you hit a big draw. I had a big draw, so it starts over the water. Yeah, and the wind is pushing it back in as well. <laughs> yeah. You probably have a hard time not overcooking it. Sometimes. That's my miss Yeah, is an overcooked draw. Yeah. Yeah, like a pulled draw. I would love to eat some overcooked draw. Actually, do you want a cookie? Do you have cookies? I have a cookie. <gasps> I forgot. Oh, my God. Let's, can we do a cookie? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Hang on. Right back. <laughs> There's a famous paleo cookie. Maybe not famous. That's amazing. These are... Wait, this is my first cookie of the week. You were supposed to give me one on, like, Tuesday. I know. We waited. Here. Yeah. This will be yours. I'll give you a little plate. They're Here, we can put it on this. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, there you, there go. you go. Here we go. We, I have... <gasps> they're I'm, soft. They're, they're a little softer yeah. than normal. If they were freshly baked, they get kind of crispy. Oh, okay. Here we go. But they got, they've been and this thing. is paleo? Paleo. Gluten-free. Gluten-free. Cheers. Mm. That's good. It's pretty good, right? That's really good. Coconut. <laughs> coconut oil. I feel like coconut oil, coconut flour are all the rage these days. <laughs> it's so good. Mm. It like keeps getting That's better. That's really good. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe it's gluten free. Yeah, I love that. I'm well, trying to. I'm trying to minimize gluten. It's so bad for you. Mm-hmm. I literally feel like we're on SNL. You know when mm. they're like, oh my sweaty balls. My... <laughs> mm. <laughs> how how moist are your sweaty balls? <laughs> Jeff would have a field day with this. 
<laughs> my original idea for the podcast, I'm going to get a napkin, was um, was um, that it would be, oh my God, I have clean socks or a golf glove to wipe your, to wipe your hands on. <laughs> I can just wipe my fingers together. That is a together. premium golf glove right there. I'm not going to say the brand. <laughs> so, so we all hit our drives. I am just short of the green. I think it hit like the front of the green and then rolled back into like that waist area. So you must have literally had your ball out over the Pacific Ocean because I've oh, seen yeah. your draw. Yeah, it's a wicked draw. It's a yeah. great golf shot. Yeah, By when the way, it goes well. Do you have hot melt in your driver? Do I have what in my hot driver? melt? Hot melt? Yeah, it's like a it's like a thing that tour players do to uh, mess with the acoustics. No, so it I'm sounds not, a little I'm bit not sweeter. That you know that tech? No, no. Well, well, then you hit it really sweet because it sounds good when you hit hmm. it. Yeah. There you go. There you go. It's natural. It's natural hot melt. She um, has the paleo cookie resting on top of her <coughs> master's coffee. Yeah. It's really brilliant. Yeah. I love this whole setup right now. <laughs> I love everything that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I'm right before the green and, and kind of make a little chip up and save my par. But, right. you know, that's a birdie hole. Yeah. It's a birdie hole. It's a birdie hole. So when, we're, when we all hole out. Chepka says, okay, I want photos of the couples, you know, because my sister and her husband were there and it was me and my boyfriend. And I was like, okay. Let's get, let's get a little background here. Like, are you, have you talked about? Oh yeah. So we had talked about it. I always knew, you know, I knew a month in, but even less a weekend after we officially started dating, this was it. This was my guy. I feel like I want to cry again. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I mean, yeah, you know, it's a great feeling. Th- those th- that that there, that's one of those moments where it's you're a just great like, feeling. when you know, when you know. Yeah, I, I spent my entire twenties single and just kind of dating around, and you know, I was I was really close to just settling and just kind of working with it, you mm. know. But I'm glad I didn't. And there's nothing settled. I didn't settle for anything with Jeff. You know, it was just it's perfect. Yeah. So so yeah, we we knew. But as far as like ring shopping, um, we were taking a walk one day in New York because we had just come back from Paris. And all we did in Paris was walk everywhere for three days. We never took a metro or a cab. And we had zero things on our agenda. I we, re- that's so much respect. Zero. We, well, we went because it bumped us up to the next level of status on Delta. I do that every <laughs> fucking year. Yeah. So it was December. And I mean, it was like 350 bucks round trip. Amazing. So it was ridiculous. We stayed in an inexpensive Airbnb and just walked. And so we were, we were like, this was so amazing. Why don't we do this in our own city, in New York City? Mm. So one day we just went for a walk. We were like, let's take the subway to just a random spot and just walk. Th- this is really the reason why I love you and you guys. <laughs> because that is the shit you do. Yeah. You, yeah. You, life to you is a ride. And yeah. all you need to do is... Do it together. Yeah. Or all you need to do is actually recognize that for one brief second. Sure. You, but to, I gotta do another. Uh, what's it called when you change the subject? Detour. Detour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I digress. I want to digress. Okay. You told me about an app yesterday, and it's yes. not a plug for any app. Yeah. But in in the sense that you treat life as like an opportunity to explore, which is something people do when they really recognize the impermanence of everything. That I, as a what somewhat remotely um, uh, peripherally curious Buddhist have learned, mm-hmm. you told me about an app yeah. that I've been using for the past couple of days that has floored me every time it notifies me of. Well, my sister told me about this app, and five times a day, it's called We Croak. K- C-R-O-A-K. We Croak. Like 
Five yeah, who times? croaks? Yeah, b- yeah. Birds? No. Uh, crickets? Croak is to like croak. fall over and die. Die, right. But croak <laughs> is also like, isn't it like, I wonder where the etymology of croak is. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It, does, it doesn't sound like any other word. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And so five times a day, this app will send you a push notification, basically reminding you that you're going to die. <laughs> you're going to die. None of this is permanent. Here's and it, it reminds you in a poem. Yeah, it's all poems. It's all poems. I would never have guessed mm-hmm. meeting you in a meeting you intentionally in a bagel shop in East Hampton. East Hampton. East Hampton. Uh, on Labor Day weekend, Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Wearing our golf outfits, I never would have guessed that we'd be sitting here in a bunker at Augusta talking <laughs> about an app that reminds you of your imminent death. <laughs> Couldn't have guessed. I know, and it sounds morbid. It really does. It is. Well, it's it's, but morbidity is not bad. No. Well, maybe what's the difference between morbid and acknowledgement of uh, of impermanence, of fleeting? Well, morbid, I think, is, is has a negative connotation mm. because it sounds negative. Right. There's a way to be negative morbid. Yeah. But this is a positive kind of morbid. You're right. You take you take the acknowledgement of death and use it to add value. Morbid is you actually take value away. Yeah. You say, yeah. "Well, I'm going to die anyway, so fuck it." Yeah, or like stop stressing. Yeah. Like none of this is permanent anyway. Yeah, Why that, am I sweating the small things, you in, know? In the hours since you've given me the app, Reco, Reco yeah. Foundation. Oh. Uh, gross. <laughs> Reco? Reco. What just happened to me? <laughs> Every once in a while, I embody a complete douchebag. <laughs> but at least I acknowledge it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you gave me the Reco at recommendation, and then, yeah, it's, it's changed my life already. I can That's already great. tell. That's great. Because you just decide you're just going to walk in and do it. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have walked up to Mr. Masters. There you go. Seriously. Yeah. I wouldn't have said anything. We croak. Thank you. We croak. Yeah. I, I should have told Jim about the app. <laughs> <laughs> Two seconds after meeting him. <laughs> I don't want to tell Jim about the app because I actually am hoping that he's AI and he lives forever. Yeah. He has to outlive Yeah. Me. Yeah. My Same main goal Jack. in life is to die before Jim Nance. <laughs> <laughs> and for him to be playing at my funeral. <laughs> Hello, friends. Hello, friends. Welcome to a death <laughs> unlike <laughs> any other. <laughs> Can we play that? We can't play it right now, can we? We probably could. There must be some kind of trademark or whatever. I'm sure. You can imagine it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, okay, we get to 16. (laughs) I'm purposely drawing this out. 16 green. And, okay, we have to take photos of the couples now. Right. I'm like, okay, that's strange. That doesn't sound Like, that doesn't sound advertorial, (laughs) you know. But maybe they want to pump up the fact that this is a female-friendly destination and a couple-friendly destination. Solid. That's one of my favorite things about you as well because I hate that golf has any bit of remote hint of sexism. Oh, I know. I know. It pisses me off. Yeah, me too. I'm so happy that in some ways we're able to report good news. Yes. Nowadays. Totally. Yeah, better and better at least. Better and better, yeah. Yeah. And so Jeff and I pose and take our little photos. And then I say, Kira and and Adam, you know, come on. Because they were standing by the side of the green. Oh, they hadn't done their photo yet. Yeah, they hadn't done their photo. I was like, come on, Kira and Adam, come on. And and they weren't coming to me. They weren't walking. (laughs) And Jeff then goes, actually, I have something to tell you or to ask. I have something to ask. And I was like, what is going on? No idea. Oh, I had no idea. I had no idea. The fact that I didn't paint my nails was a dead giveaway, that I had zero idea. <laughs> and so then he pulls out the ring from his back pocket, the box, gets down on one knee. And I, I, my instinct, I was like walking away from him, which I, I started walking back when he said, I have something. Because I was like, wait, this is not happening right now. Like, this is, this can't be real. You know, like... I have my twin sister, who's been my favorite person from day one, her husband. I'm on my favorite spot. I'm in my favorite spot in golf. 
I have this guy who I love on one knee. Like this, this can't be happening. Right. You're tearing up right now. <laughs> <laughs> who, me? Yes. That's Snowball. That's not me. <laughs> and, and then I, I, I walked toward him and, you know, he, he said just not a lot, but just a beautiful thing. And um, lo and behold, I had a ring on my finger. Wow. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was fantastic. Um, the weather was terrible. Um, it was windy and it was cloudy and it was about to rain and it was our 34th hole of the day. Jesus. But, yeah. But honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way, yeah. you know. Um, it, it just kind of showed that, you know, everything you plan isn't, nothing's going to be perfect. But that's okay. You still just do it. And uh, whether that means in a relationship or your profession or just life, you know, just it's okay. Yeah. Just do it. So I love that. I think what got me was hearing you uh, describe the moment as like, uh, like almost like you said you walked away. Like you sort of backed up from him. I did. There's you, video. When you realized. Yeah. The way I experienced that is almost like you're – you were overwhelmed with energy in a way like, you know, um, you know, when you put like a magnets together and they kind of, yeah. if they're not, you know, they're not clicking, they go the other way. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like there was an energy emanating from Jeff so great yeah. that you were not really aware of what was about to happen and you just sort of got pushed back before you like returned. Maybe. Like it's, yeah. that's the way I'm visualizing it without really, only I've seen a photo. Mm-hmm. Oh, where I'm in his arms. <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. such a wonderful story. Yeah, it oh, really thank is. You. Yeah, no, it, it. I, I would be the last person on earth to think that that would happen to me. You know, that I would get engaged to my best friend. That it would happen on my favorite spot in golf, like with my twin sister there, and just everything. You know, working out. Oh, and I was telling you about. Um, the fact that we were going to take a random walk and or we were taking out a random walk and oh, yeah. oh that's right the yeah, ring shop yeah the reason why I brought that up is we walked into a ring shop on that random walk uh-huh. like not really planning it at all and for five minutes went you know shopping for rings um, and I didn't like it I didn't like it at all why? so I you, actually you walked like out what do you mean why didn't you like it I think ring shopping is very um there are a lot of options. It's overwhelming. Oh, so many options. I don't cut clarity, you know, whatever the words are. I, I have want nothing to do with, like, learning about that ter- those terms or just that whole industry. And then also it's very expensive. And I was just like, wow, this ring costs what? <laughs> and I have to wear that. <laughs> $500? I wish. You know, and it's, yeah, it's... It, it was just overwhelming for a lot of reasons, and I was and I felt uncomfortable that someone was going to buy something for me that like was that pricey, right? And then that I would then wear it on my finger, you know, f- for a significant amount of time, like yeah. you know, for most days. Um, Do you wear it when you golf? No, it's hard to wear a ring when you golf. Yeah, especially, especially these are kind of delicate. Yeah, and I don't wear it when I work out. I don't wear it when I shower because I kind of want I want them to uh, live, be special. you know, and like or just not get dull and right. like break down yeah. i want the, i want to preserve them i lost my wedding ring oh you did golfing oh no <laughs> but see, for a man see, I that's took it not as a huge thing and i was like look it's just a piece of metal like well how much did you pay for yours men generally don't in, i'll tell you what i got mine in chinatown i'll tell you that right it was under a hundred dollars yeah yeah which is really funny because yeah. people probably would think that my wedding ring was handmade with engraved right no, you know, it doesn't old have English to be. Lettering. It doesn't have to be. 
And so, yeah, I walked out of the ring shop and I, I just told Jeff, like, you can handle that. Like, whenever you're ready, you know, I trust you. You know me. Right. You know my style. And he nailed it. He nailed, nailed it. it. Nailed it. Yeah. He knew I didn't want anything, like, big and gaudy and, like, in your face. Yeah. So. Did he consider putting a golf ball in it ever? <laughs> like a miniature. Really <laughs> <laughs> <And> maybe eventually. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So that was that. And then it, the same thing happened when we, we, we started planning a wedding. Right. Um, and w- I always knew that I never wanted to walk down an aisle, but we were going to go to a courthouse and then just have a party. Right. All our favorite people in one Respect. room just dancing. Yeah. We, we were all in on that. But we were even starting to plan that, and I went and looked for dresses. We put a down payment on a space, and even that got so overwhelming that we took a long walk. We literally took a long walk, and we asked, what's our intention for this, for this thing, this party that we're going to throw that's going to cost 70K? And we couldn't, we couldn't come up with an answer that kind of satisfied or made the stress and the money um, worth it. Mm. So we're like, let's lope. Let's just, let's just do things, you know, differently. And why, why is that a shame? You know, yeah. like why, why shouldn't we? Well, it's, yeah, it's just that you guys are so individual and you express <clears throat> yourself so much with, you know, the way you act behave yeah yeah and ultimately we just want to be with each other you know and so we're gonna do something really small where my twin sister is going to be our officiant Amazing. she's gonna marry us um my sister my brother will be there um his sister his brother my mom and nieces and nephews fomo yeah fomo. i know but <laughs> but well we'll be out in east hampton so if you're out there july 4 <laughs> yeah i'm booking my flight yeah um i mean i feel like we're we're, we've been talking for a while. Oh, How's that? no. Are no, we, it's fine. Okay. I can't read. It's either 50 or 59. But anyway, yeah. where should we go now? Do you want to – do you have a question for me? Usually is how I kind of start to end it. Do I have a question for you? Yeah. You, you don't have to. Yeah. No, I – You do. I, I do. Yeah. I, I feel like you're one of the kind of rising voices in the golf industry, and that's a great thing. You know, I, I love your perspective. Um, but you picked up the game late. Yeah. And so one thing that I always like to do when – you know, I picked up the game late for a collegiate golfer. I was 14. Yeah. Yeah, you told me that. I was surprised. Yeah. So – but not really late in terms of a normal golfer. Sure. You know, 14, Jeff is like, I wish I started when I was 14. When did Jeff start? Oh, he was much later. He was Same like in his mid-20s. Yeah. Late 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but – and now he loves it. You know, yeah. you and he are just like live for it now, you Freaks. know, in, in in some ways. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I always like to ask is, what was your perception of golf before? Mm. And then how has that changed now that you know it? If it's changed. Yeah, well, I think my perception of golf wasn't even that inaccurate. Okay. But coming as a, you know, I'm pretty uh, forthcoming about my life up until basically getting sober at age 20. You know, I was a mess up. You know, like I was an idiot. I was crashing cars and... You know, rarely sober. I didn't uh, know you dropped out of high school. Dropped out I of high school. I learned that. Yeah. Listening to the podcast. Yeah. 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 I uh, and uh, yeah, that was an interesting experience. But um, you know, having that kind of um, background, right, is really counter. Always a punk. Always, you know, telling teachers to fuck off. Like literally. Wow. Yeah. Like I don't know what the hell was up my ass. Wow. But I, I was. I can't even imagine you doing that. But I, I wouldn't say fuck off. Like I would yeah. say it in a way that was um, much more like cleverly obnoxious and pretentious. But not pretentious in the sense. Not, not pretentious isn't the right word. It's more precocious. 
Mm. Yeah, that's right. I mixed the two up. You were a know-it-all at a very young age. Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh shit! Wait, am I still? Um, <laughs> no, but 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 uh, you know, and I just and I just was very. Um, it found it very easy to look down on groups, right? And and golf was the easiest group to look down on because it was mm-hmm. my brother's group. And him being 10 years older than me, uh, being a lawyer, being everything I wasn't, going to school and then going to more school and then getting a job. I didn't have a job. I didn't know how to have a job. I haven't had a job since whatever, you know, yeah. a long time. Yeah. And um, so, you know, my perception of golf, I think, was actually, like I said, it's still actually somewhat accurate in the sense that I perceived golf to be a conservative game for uh, conservative people who were very wealthy and who had um, interests really only lying in socializing within their own circle, uh, that they would never accept someone like me, and that um, you know the game really had no spiritual component, and mm. that the game was merely a schmooze fest and a, and a sort of a <laughs> circle jerk. Networking. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was all networking, and circle it was all jerk, just whatever. big money, <laughs> and it was all just, and it was just, you know, I, I think other people have said it, it's not really me. But, you know, just like really uh, for for just like, you know, off color humor and just and just everything that it gets portrayed at in the media. Mm-hmm. Like if you watch any movie, you know, Happy Gilmore, Caddyshack, Tin Cup, there's the evil golfer. That's what I thought golf was. Right. You know, and I still think that exists, but it's not what golf is. And what's been so exciting for me is that it's almost like, oh, God, I'm getting emotional again. It's almost like Field <laughs> of Dreams. Yeah. If you build it, they will come. And in the same way, it's like if you show up you'll find it, mm-hmm. right? And so I feel like when I showed up to golf, it was like a hologram appeared. And then right there was this game that I would come to love and I would see facets of it that were me, yeah. that I would never thought I would do. And you know, this happens to me even currently. Like, um, you know, watching Sergio win last year, you know, I thought I didn't like Sergio. Yeah. Sure, he changed, but I showed up and was able to see a different side of him and see him as like a really tender creature. Mm-hmm. You know, and Ian Poulter, you know, I thought he was an asshole. Well, you know what? I dug a little deeper. I showed up yeah. and allowed myself to be open to the idea that maybe he isn't what I thought it was. And ultimately, yeah, maybe golf isn't what I thought it was. And people like you exist. Oh. <laughs> you know? People like Jeff <laughs> exists. People like Akbar. People like everybody. People who are listening. Yeah. You know, we're creating a community. Yeah. That ultimately is the opposite of the evil golfer, you know? Right. Yeah. And I think that's like, that really is... Um, a long answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's cool. Yeah. I feel like, um, well, we were talking about this a little bit with Malcolm Gladwell and when he talked about golf. And Ma- Malcolm Gladwell, to me, was the ultimate journalist. You know, I always, I've read all his books. I've read and read them. And I shouldn't say that in past tense because I have yeah, I currently like, read them. Yeah, I've like, read what? them. I was like, did he did, die? I didn't unread them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Malcolm Sadwell? <laughs> I've read them, you know, all his New Yorker columns, you know, I was just a religious reader of his work because I thought, wow, he he really looks at things in an interesting way and digs deep and does the research and presents them beautifully. But then I heard him talk about golf and I was like, that is such a, he didn't acknowledge the fact that he was only talking about a fifth of the sport, you know. To, to fill you guys in, if you haven't heard Revisionist History, fine, we'll plug another podcast. But it's actually pretty good. It's one of those podcasts that I see where they do a good job of making it a real documentary. And we have actually a different opinion of this particular podcast. It's okay. the first episode from season two. Uh, season two? I don't know. Yeah. Session two, where he talks about um, private golf and the sort of loopholes that private golf courses use to es- escape playing, paying property taxes. Mm-hmm. And he has a, a huge stance against it. 
you specifically see Specifically in L.A. Specifically in L.A., specifically yeah. at maybe the golf course that I'm a member of, which I sort of have mixed feelings about, to be honest with you. Yeah, but I would be fine with all that information that he presents if he at least said, couched it as, this isn't the, the full story of golf. Mm. And instead, he presented it as golf as a whole and the little things that he was talking about. And this is what golf is, guys. It's it's private. It's closed off to anyone who doesn't have enough money. And it's a waste of land. It's a waste of the use of land. And I was just like, that's not the full story at all. And by you not saying that that's not the full story, it's incorrect. So, you know, he starts off the podcast by saying, if you don't already hate golf, my goal is to make you hate golf by the end of this podcast. Wait, he says that? Yes. Shit, I didn't know He said that. that verbatim. Like, he didn't even imply it. He says that. And so I was like, okay, what, is, what else is he, has he talked about or written about mm. that I don't know those subjects and that I then take his word on that being the full story? We should, we should actually talk to him about this now that you're saying. Because when we talked about this uh, the other day, I remember saying to you, like, well, I disagree. Uh, yeah. I, think, I think he has a point. And in fact, being a conflicted member of a private club mm-hmm. who really mostly enjoys playing public golf with my dog, yeah. that I'm not allowed to bring to my own course, that I pay way more than I would like to. Yeah. If I had more money, I'd feel differently. But, you right. know, I don't have a lot. So, <laughs> But, you know, I mean, the concept for me was like, I agree that these courses should be public and should be accessed by the public. That was my takeaway and the solution. It's interesting to hear you basically hearing it differently, which is like, no, he's, he's actually hurting potential golfers. Totally. Yeah, he's making golf seem golf seem closed off whereas more than half the courses in the country are public. I am I've never been a member at a golf course. Yeah. I've never been. Well, I was thinking that might be the difference is that since I'm a I'm a self-hating member. <laughs> right? I have this like guilt about it. Yeah. Not only for well, my own bank account, but socially. Okay. Yeah. Socially, I don't think anyone should feel guilty about being a member at a golf course. Mm. I think it's a beautiful thing and if you can okay, you can do it. Yeah. Why not? You <laughs> right. know? I've never felt like I was in a place where I could, you know, spend that kind of money, but maybe one day. You know, it's an aspirational thing. When you do and we were talking about you know, the possibilities of that for everyone. But there is an experience of exclusivity that is not fun. Sure. I don't like that it says private. No. I don't I'm like sure. that. And I don't like that either. I don't like that part of golf. But the beautiful thing is that that's not all of golf, you know. Ecosystem. Yeah. That, yeah. The yeah. private courses live in the ecosystem, but mm. so do public courses. So do nine-hole courses. So do three-hole tracks. You know, yesterday we were golf in a six-hole course, yeah. the first tee of Augusta. That's right, yeah. It's a six-hole golf course. So you know, all those things exist. Why present the elite, the the top one percent of clubs as all of golf? You know. Yeah. So so that's like what you were saying, where you have this perception of golf, and yeah, it's still true. But only now that you know the sport, it's only a fraction of the sport that you've learned. Right. And that's a beautiful thing. There yeah. are all these other parts of golf that really go underreported. So. Ashley. You have a great mind, oh. you have a great well, thank you. heart, <laughs> and a great voice. Uh, thank thank you. you for being here. I'd, <clears throat> um, thank you. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, I obviously, the, the, the saying is true. If a podcast is played in the woods and no one's there to hear it, did it even make a podcast? Right. So without you, yeah, there would be no podcast about my dad. Oh, <laughs> hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>